This is The Dugout. Weekly interviews with Mariners manager Scott Service. Brought to you by Pizza Hut and by Mazda of Everett. Inside access to the clubhouse from Shannon Dreyer. Every Tuesday at 1 with Jake and Stacey on Seattle Sports Station. The home of the Mariners. This is The Dugout. Every Tuesday, 1 to 2, all Mariners for the entire hour and get things started with the Scott Service Show. Scott Service Show presented by Pizza Hut with support from Mazda of Everett. Scott, how's it going? Doing great, guys. How are you today? Uh, We are well. Congratulations, by the way, on a phenomenal home opening series. That was a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, it really was. It's nice to see us get the offense going a little bit. Uh, Can't say enough about the crowd. Uh, The fan support over the weekend was awesome. Our guys, especially our new guys, their first time playing at T-Mobile Park, they certainly felt it, and uh, it was great to see. Skip, how awesome was that to see that, that obviously you guys left on a high note with the crowd and and everything else in 2021, but to see that that energy and that excitement be right there again with you guys in 2022. You mentioned some of those guys feeling that energy. Uh, How how much fun was that for you to see how much this has grown, you know, not only in the rebuilding process, but also with the fan base as well? It's exciting. It really is. And I think, uh, like I mentioned, our our new players, the guys that have been here for the first time, they felt that they kept saying during the game, is it always like this? And I said, oh, yeah, you win. They'll be like this. (laughs) You know, Uh, and it was just, you know, I think everybody's excited to see baseball again. Um, And the fact that we have some new faces, we're trying to build off of some of the momentum we created last year. And we got a fun team. We have a lot of team. It's easy to root for guys. Uh, different guys are different points in their career. We got young players. We got guys in the middle of their careers. We got guys, you know, that have been around a little while. So we've got a nice mix of players. And like I said, it's it's a great team to to get out, get behind, and to root for. Skip, I I know you're always you know working on something. You know, in terms of you as a manager, uh, was there a certain book that you read this off season that really grabbed your attention? Was there anything that you did this off season to you know try to help better yourself uh, as a manager? Well, I think you're always trying to improve. I keep hitting on our players all the time. It doesn't matter, get better, and I put myself in that same bucket. So, you know, you look back on things that you go through in the previous season and, you know, things you learn uh, about your team and, and about yourself. I think uh, for me, the one thing going into this year, is as fun as last year was, and we had such a great run at the end of the season, you certainly recognize every team has its own personality, its own identity. And I think it's important that you don't try to, like, uh, pigeonhole, like, we have to be this type of team. No, you let the personalities develop. You let the, you know, the, the players, uh, you know, the emotions come out. I thought we had a really good spring training and the fact that we got to learn about each other. This is a, a different team in that it feels more like a minor league team or like a college team. <laughs> and I think that's a good thing uh, because guys really enjoy being around each other. Uh, getting to know with some of the new faces. It's been fun to be a part of. But, uh, again, just focus on getting better. Uh, that's what the goal here is every day, and that's not going to change as long as I'm here. I truly believe in it. I think that's what the great players, the great teams do. Even if you're coming off a great season, how can we get better? What's the 1% or how can we turn the, the screw a little bit uh, tighter uh, to get a little bit more out of what we have? So that's what we're focused on over here. Hey, uh, Skip, I know the dugout is a Mariners show, and we're going to talk about the Mariners for an hour and have fun doing it. That being said, I'm like personally surprised uh, that we didn't open the interview by asking you about your Packers and what they're going to do without Devontae Adams. <laughs> well, 
I'm a little uh, preoccupied right now <laughs> with what I've got going on here at T-Mobile, but I appreciate the question. You got it. Uh, I think the better question is what are the Seahawks going to do? They got a, a ton of draft picks, and it was I got the opportunity to host a number of their scouts that are in town in preparation for the draft. They came out to our game on Sunday, give those guys a couple hours break, and uh, you know I was happy to see those guys because I know they got a lot on their plate uh, over at the VMAC right now as well. Uh, I've been told that uh, you have a bet with Eugenio Suarez. Do you have any other bets going on with any other players uh, where if they reach certain career goals or season goals, you've agreed to do something? Uh, those have come back to bite me uh, <laughs> really hard in, in the past. Um, you know, when, when Gino showed up first day of spring training with that hairdo, uh, I was like, what the heck? Where did that come from? You know, it was uh, Corella DeVille, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, Guys were quickly joking around that, you know, if he hits 50 homers, Skip, you got to do your hair like that. And I'll do the Eddie Diaz haircut. I don't know if I could pull that one off, guys. That, that would be a little crazy. <laughs> it would be crazy. Uh, Skip, have, you know, as a player, as a manager, is that the craziest thing that you've seen a player show up uh, with that kind of hairstyle? Or, or has there been other get-ups that you've seen in the past that uh, just have you shaking your head? Um, I think it says a lot about the personality of the player. And uh, Gino adds a really cool dynamic into our clubhouse. The one thing Gino doesn't do, he doesn't take anything too seriously. He is about as, as cool as it comes. And doesn't matter uh, what the situation is. Uh, he loves baseball. He loves working at it. He really likes his teammates. But he is some kind of cool character. So uh, I think, you know, some of the you know, the clothes guys wear, the jewelry they wear. It says a lot about them, and it's one of the things I was giving uh, Julio Rodriguez a little bit a uh, hard time early on, uh, right after he was announced he made our team, is, you know, it's the rule of one. You know, you only need one gold chain, you need one car, you need one house, you need one girlfriend, all those other things. And, uh, uh, you know, again, personalities of players is what makes the game so much fun. See, I've heard the rule of you just take one off. So it's like you put on all the accessories that you want to wear, but then you have to take one thing off. So maybe that's a rule that, that would be easier to follow. I don't know. That's what that's the rule I follow. Uh, hey, Skip, you mentioned, and I've heard you say this before, and I, and I really like it, the idea of it feeling like a college team almost. Or like, uh, is I, I take it that's not just because you guys are an exceptionally young team, but that there's something about the energy of the team. Would you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, I think part of it, has to do with the fact that we are very young, um, just age-wise and experience-wise at the big league level. Uh, but, you know, part of it is, too, I think that the personalities of the guys, even like uh, Adam Frazier, uh, who's been around a little bit, Jesse Winker, uh, you know, what those guys, you know, the fact that they're coming um, to a new city, a new ballpark, um, new league for the most part, uh, you know, they, they do bring that wide-eyed excitement looking forward to things and looking forward to the next day so much. And you, you pile that in with the younger players that we have, and it's it does have that feel, uh, you know, that the guys just uh, they look forward to, to, to having uh, a good time. They love competing. I think we saw that even in spring training. It's the most competitive ping-pong matches I've ever seen. Uh, guys getting after it in the clubhouse and really enjoying the competition. Um, and saw players playing ping pong that I had never seen play ping pong before uh, and enjoying it. And that part of it made me feel good. Like, hey, you know, if we got perform on the field like I think we can, we're going to have something special here when we look up here at the end of the season. Skip, how the start of the season for you guys, how, how as a manager do you evaluate 
you know, this, you know, X amount of games that you guys have played up to this point and, you know, look at adjustments that need to be made or is there a process that you guys say, hey, we need a larger sample size before we even start trying to tinker with certain things as we approach, you know, you know, the course of the month. It, it just seems to be such a unique time uh, in baseball as you guys are getting out of spring training and transitioning into the regular season. You certainly have to be careful of the small sample sizes. And, uh, you know, but players, by nature, they're always trying to get a little bit better, make a few adjustments, do things a little bit differently if they're not getting the results you want. And I think from a coaching staff, you have to be careful not to go down that rabbit hole with them. Yeah. You know, we saw Julio Rodriguez have a fantastic spring training, turn around 101-mile-an-hour fastballs, spit on sliders that are just off the zone, and all of a sudden we get off to a little bit of a slow start the first three or four games. We have to be very careful. You know, just, okay, we have to change now. No, you don't. It's the same guy. You know, maybe things aren't going your way early on, and, you know, it's a new league and whatnot, but we've got to be very careful of, of not jumping off and trying totally new things with such a small sample size. And, I've always talked about, you know, where you're at in the season. I really I don't think anybody really knows what kind of team they have until you get to be about 35 or 40 games into it. At that point, you say, okay, here's kind of what the lineup looks like. Here's what my bullpen kind of buckets of, of leverage, high leverage, you know, pivot. It's, it kind of all separates and sorts itself out once you get about the 40-game mark, and then you play with it from there. So we got a lot of ways to we got a ways to go before we get there, but – I'm happy with the start we're off to. I think we pitched very well. I think we played very good defense. Uh, the timely hitting is something that always <laughs> allows you to win a few more games, and hopefully it continues because we had some big hits here over the weekend. Was that timely hitting kind of what you thought was the difference in the series against the Astros? Because to me, watching it, obviously, the the starters were great. Marco was fantastic. Brash had a great outing. But um, it felt like there was also some really nice production just from top to bottom from the lineup is that how much of that played into it to the production you guys had on those uh, two days of that series and and what do you think was the key yeah for, for me it really starts at the top of our lineup i thought adam frazier had a really good series he hit some balls well on the road trip he didn't have a whole lot of luck uh go his way and then ty france continues to do what ty france does and that's hit and he certainly hits with runners in scoring position so uh those two guys were the key i thought on, on the homestand and then you know once you get that first win under your belt you get some things going I thought uh, you know, Jared Kelnick played a really good game on Sunday. Julio probably had his best game at the plate, uh, you know, on, on Sunday as well. Uh, and we still really haven't seen Jesse Winker get going. And this guy can really hit. This guy's one of the best left-handed hitters in the game. And uh, he hasn't even really gotten it going yet. So uh, I like our lineup. Um, like the flexibility. And, you know, we got through the weekend series without Hanniger. You know what I mean? So, uh, again, everybody knows what he brings to our lineup. So, we got a lot of guys. It's not just the, the same three or four guys that we need to lean on this year like we did last year. We have a much deeper lineup, and it's a lineup I'm looking forward to watch play out. Skip, I know mostly you guys are having these travel days, uh, and that's when your time is off. But you guys yesterday had time off. As as a manager, what are you doing with your with your downtime or not downtime uh, on on a uh, day off here uh, here in Seattle? Well, yesterday with about 43 degrees and raining all day, <laughs> there wasn't a lot to do outside. But uh, it had been two months since we'd been home. You know, I was in spring training early, uh, you know, kind of watching some of our minor league players and whatnot. So, and then we started the season on the road. So it had been a couple months since I'd been home. So just catching up on chores around the house and a little bit of a just a, a 
a chill day, I guess is the best way to put it. But I know a lot of our players uh, get a chance to, to go out and get a feel for the city and things like that, getting their apartments and houses set up. Uh, you know, yesterday's a big day for all that stuff. Does that involve a lot of Netflix when you're chilling? Because uh, Jake and I were debating <laughs> what shows we thought were in your Netflix queue. I was going with either some classic sports movies or a World War II documentary. I thought it might have been true crime, Scott. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, I did watch a little bit of uh, it was a documentary, whatever the series that's out about uh, WeWork. Uh, oh yeah. Then, yeah, it's uh, it was interesting. I saw the first couple episodes of that, so I'll be locked in on that here for the short for the time being. I figured a documentary, docu series. We were getting the vibe. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> last one here for us. Obviously, uh, Robbie Ray uh, getting the start tonight, and uh, and he had a kind of tough luck and tough go of it with that weather uh, against uh, Chicago against the White Sox. But what have you seen just from him so far? Well, I think we saw it right when. You know, we got to be around Robbie for the first time in spring training. The first thing you see and notice right away is the intensity he brings and everything that he does, uh, you know, from his bullpen sessions to pitching in spring training games to how he attacked hitters his first two starts of the season. So, uh, you know, he did pitch in some tough weather. Uh, the last night over in Chicago that he pitched, we should not have played that game. It poured almost the whole game. Uh, but being a pro that he is, he got through it, uh, gave us his best effort. But I'm looking forward to seeing him out there tonight. Uh, I know he's anxious to get that first start under his belt at home, uh, and he does realize this is a really good park to pitch in, especially when it's cool. Yeah. The ball doesn't go anywhere, so hopefully he can take advantage of that tonight. I'd love to see him get deep in the game. Um, he's been very efficient with his pitches. He goes right after you. He makes the guy swing the bat against him. Uh, nobody wants to get to two strikes against him because I think he punched out about 245 guys last year. So they're very aggressive against him, and he uses that to his advantage. And like I said, hopefully we can get him six, seven innings out of Robbie tonight. would be awesome. He is Scott Service. Skip, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck tonight. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. See ya. That was the Scott Service Show presented by Pizza Hut with support from Mazda of Everett. Uh, as far as what stands out in our conversation with uh, with Scott, now I meant to follow up and uh, we didn't have enough time and I don't know that I wanted to end on this question, but I'm curious to know like whose decision, decision it should have been to call that game uh, in Chicago because that weather was atrocious completely skewed Robbie Ray's stats so far through his two starts and it's almost like it's almost like I don't know exactly what he's going to look like in this one because you have the uh opener in which he looked fantastic uh and then I don't know what to make of the second start so I'm curious as to what Uh, we're going to see what what Robbie Ray are we going to see tonight I think Robbie Ray has earned the benefit of the doubt like that's 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 how I view it is it was an unfortunate start. His second start was unfortunate. You look at the weather. You look at all that stuff. You look at the fact that they were having to bring out, you know, certain equipment uh, and and material to help him with his footing and and all of that. I just think that when you're looking at Robbie Ray, I I am more I am very very confident in who this guy is, his makeup, you know, the work that he puts in. And so I'm expecting a very good outing from Robbie Ray. That's my expectation. That's my hope, and I think it would it would help ease a lot of people, even at this stage of the season, just to see Robbie Ray come out and firing on all cylinders and and you know racking up the K's. Um, I, I think that that is who Robbie Ray is and what he is capable of doing night in and night out. And and I would love for him to be able to have a phenomenal performance in his first start here uh, in front of the Mariners. Uh, I asked. 
Scott, what works so well against Houston? He talked about timely hits and making sure that happens. I, I was curious as to whether he'd say, oh, it's production from the bottom of the lineup where it was just top to bottom you were getting hits. But he mentioned just a fantastic series right at the top that that's really what gets it started. Go figure. Uh, with Adam Frazier having a phenomenal series, home run short of the cycle on Friday, and then following it up with just some great games overall. Has he surprised you guys with his production? Because he was completely overshadowed, that signing, by the addition of Robbie Ray. I feel like he just was kind of overlooked. I mean, he gets signed before the lockout. The lockout dominates the news cycle. And then from there, you look at new signings, Julio Rodriguez coming up. I mean, it kind of, he kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah, it did fall by the wayside. I, I guess the thing that I'm more surprised about with Adam Frazier is, is how deep his hits have been. I, I've not, it, maybe I have undervalued him, but I'm not saying that he, you know, is, is somebody that's knocking out home runs. But I mean, we, we talk about some of his hits They've been deep doubles. Like these have not been little tiny, you know, line drives that have you know dribbled through to the to the warning track or whatever. These have been bombs that have hit off the fence, uh, and and I think that's what surprised me about Adam Frazier, you know, up to this point, especially in this in this series against Houston. Um, but I did expect him to be an on base guy, and I, I'm just glad to see that he is turning it on. Um, I, I don't know if we should we should expect you know four or five four for five out of Adam Frazier and these you know that dominant performance that he had, but uh, I, I do expect him to be an on base guy, a guy that last year he hit three oh five. Um, he was you know what was his on base? It was you know close to you know three. It was over three fifty. So mm-hmm. I, I, this is a guy that I think you know finds ways to get on. And that's exactly what the Mariners needed. They needed guys to get more in play. So guys like Ty France, Mitch Haneker, uh, Jesse Winker now, they have the ability to really drive up their RBIs. Speaking of Ty France, slashing 417, 462, 750 with an OPS over 1,000 for home games, obviously through this series. I should be specific. But in the year itself, he's had a phenomenal start. We know Ty France can hit. But how about this from Luke Arkins? Uh, he had the percentage of plate appearances when the Mariners faced defensive shifts. Jared Kelnick leading it off, 93.9% of plate appearances right at the top. At the bottom, Ty France, just 2.2% of plate appearances is he facing a defensive shift. Uh, that is what you call a pure hitter, right? I mean, you need more pure hitters. Uh, and, and I'm hoping that you look at the way that they are, you know, the way that Scott Service wants his team to approach the plate, he wants them to be more like that. And, I, and I've heard more conversation from all of these players in this lineup, uh, you know, more so than any time, about being comfortable with, you know, trying to spray the ball, right? Even the young stars, Jared Kelnick, talking about wanting to add more of that to his game. Julio Rodriguez, um, and you've even seen Eugenio Suarez hit a couple, op, you know, he hit an opposite uh, side home run. Uh, early on the season, so I, I just think that when you're looking at uh, this team, that's what I want to see. Because if this is a group that can raise raise their batting average significantly from what they were a year ago, which isn't necessarily hard to do, but that's what I'm hoping happens, and that you're not looking at any one true player and saying, "Man, this guy, it, it's Kyle Seager, right? It's yeah. it's Kyle Seager in the sense that he is pulling the ball every single time um, and and making it more difficult on themselves." I would love to see this team be able to use the field uh, as much as possible. You know who uh, we were talking about names that we're most excited for? You know who's been quietly pretty solid? Who's that? Tom Murphy. Now, he's had uh, eight plate appearances. (laughs) 
<laughs> I should be very specific, but he uh, still four hits, a home run, uh, an RBI, has been walked three times, struck out just twice. Obviously, very limited appearances for him. Yes. Uh, and I wasn't expecting a lot from any of the three catchers this year. If there were going to be someone I would expect something from, though, it would have been Terence, who hasn't been uh, as productive to start the season. Obviously, it's so hard to try to make sense of baseball this early into a season. Yes. To try to make sense of what anyone looks like, unless that person is, you already know who the player is. Like a, right. a JP, you've got a pretty good idea of um, Ty France, Mitch Haniger, obviously. Um, with anyone else, it's it's hard to, to it, it is so far. It is hard, and it's also one of those things like for Jesse Winker, for example. The type of player that he is and, and what we know of him, it's just a matter of time before he's going to start catching on and you know get himself into a hitting streak. I, I really, truly believe that, which is why I believe that he's going to get that started tonight. I just want to reiterate that. You forced me to make my home run prediction. Yeah, I'm calling it saying that, that Jesse Winker, he will be in the lineup. Uh, that Jesse Winker is going to get his home run, his first home run as a Mariner tonight, uh, and and if you get him going along with Ty France, Adam Frazier, you the the key is can you get these guys going at the same time? That's that's the biggest key, and it would be really really fun to watch that all happen. Fewest uh, hits on the team to start the season. Obviously, two of your catchers, Luis Torrens, Cal Raleigh. The three catchers also have the fewest plate appearances, divvying up that time between them. Julio Rodriguez with four hits, also near the bottom. Jared Kelnick, Jesse Winker. Is there any one player, question for either of you, that you feel like his stats to start the season don't reflect who he can be? Outside of Julio, I don't mean like who he can be as a prospect. I yeah. mean like who he can be for this team this year, mm. especially early in the season. Um, Winker might top that list. Yeah, uh, Winker is definitely at the top of that list. I, I firmly believe that you have not seen, you know, you have not seen who Jesse Winker is ultimately uh, at this point thus far. So I, I think that that is my number one, uh, my number one pick. I think the other one that you could say, and and this is hard because uh, he just hasn't had the run support, but I'd say Chris Flexen as well. Chris Flexen to me is a guy that I I feel pretty strongly that he will be a solid solid pitcher in this rotation for them. Um, I just think that his stuff uh, is good enough where he can be consistent. He doesn't need to do anything over the top. He doesn't need to be a dominant player uh, and and overpower people. I just think he's got to be really good in placing with his spots. And and I think that so far. You know, with him not having the run support, but also not being able to have just truly just the the greatest command that we've seen from him, you know, as of last year. So that's the one. That's the other guy that I'm hoping you know really starts to come into his own and has some good things going his way. You're listening to the dugout on Seattle Sports Station on 710 and SeattleSports.com. Root Sports. Dave Sims joins us next. Let's talk about what we can expect from Robbie Ray. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Dugout every Tuesday at 1 with Jake and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners. This is The Dugout. As a reminder for you guys, Saturday, April 23rd is Edgar Martinez Replica Statue Night at T-Mobile Park. The first 20,000 fans through the gates will pick up one commemorating Edgar's classic swing. Tickets on sale right now at Mariners.com slash tickets. Joining us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline, it is Root Sports' Dave Sims. Dave, how's it going? Doing well, doing well, gang. How are you? Well, thank you. I, I wanted to start by uh, by talking about that Astros series. It was absolutely phenomenal. It's tough to try to bat against anything Verlander was doing, but Mariners racking up a ton of hits 
What to you worked so well? For uh, for Verlander? For, sorry, for the Mariners, I should say that. For the Mariners' offense specifically, what worked so well? Well, against Verlander, was nothing. I mean, he had a Hall of Famer at work right, that night. Right. But, uh, you know, just the way they made solid contact the, the, the two games that they made, they won. And, uh, you know, it's nice to beat a team that has you know, really been a thorn in the side the last few years. And a team that's what they're defending champions, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I think, to, you know, that's a good notch in your belt to take a series from those guys first time out of the gate. See them again on this next road trip. And I think that's, you know, I don't think anybody's ready to throw a parade, but that's, that's certainly an emotional boost for, for the guys. I don't think there's any question about that. It certainly is, Dave, and it's one of those things that you you wonder, you know, baseball can be a funny thing. You look at the Rangers, you look at their club and versus the Mariners, and you say, well, this is a team, you know, that, that, that the Mariners should take advantage of. How important is that to you as you look at this series coming up with the Rangers, you know, to show some growth that, they can come off of that very impressive win against the Astros and keep it going versus the Rangers. Well, I just said a million times, do your job. Just do your job. Stay focused. I mean, you look at the Rangers, I mean, you're concerned about Seager and, and Simeon up the middle. Uh, Dolis Garcia is a guy that impressed the heck out of me last year. You know, their pitching is, is not exactly vaunted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to take care of business. You get a team that's maybe, you know, a little down on the pluck, maybe not quite as talented, maybe the talent not quite ready. You got to beat those teams. I mean, you've got to take two out of three here. Uh, what should we, I don't, I don't want to say what should we, I don't want to put you in a spot to make a prediction, but what are we looking for from Robbie Ray tonight? Just be himself. I mean, he showed some incredible guts pitching in that brutal weather in Chicago. And I mean the guy, you know, his uh, his bona fides uh, speak for themselves. And just go out there, work quickly, throw strikes, and and hopefully uh, he'll get early and often uh, run support. I mean it's you know it's it's you know you don't have to look too deep into this. Uh, just that's uh, <laughs> right. Hey, rabbit, be you, dude, be you. And uh, when you're at the top of your game, and even even at eighty percent of your game is going to be as good or better than a lot of people. So that's what you're looking for. Uh, one of the other things that you you look at, you know, at this time of the season is I think that you know fans, as excited as they are, as passionate as they are, you know, really get you know hyper critical very early on. Hey, look at the the lack of offensive output in the first couple series, and you know it doesn't doesn't mean that that should be okay. Um, but it, it was interesting to see how you know some were reacting to those two series, Dave. How, how do you how do you evaluate this team, and at what point do you say, "Hey, we have a large enough sample size to get a real good feel of who these guys are and what they can do"? I'm looking at no more than 45 plate appearances. I'm not ready to christen anybody, you know, some uh, you know, an All Pro or you know, All MLB or an All Star or anything. You, you know, you got to be patient for crying out loud. I mean, I, I know every game counts. But in terms of being able to get a handle on how far or how well somebody's going to do it, 10 games in, it's not your, it's not your marking point. I mean, for time in memoriam, you, know, you hear 100 at-bats, 100 plate appearances, at least you can start there. Or you start, you know, maybe mid-May, you'll have a decent amount of at-bats. You'll have a, you'll have a pretty good idea of what's going on. I think what these cats have done to this point at 5-5 five and five, and considering the bad weather they had on a road trip, I think this, is, uh, I think this has been a really good run for them. Dave, what do you make of Julio Rodriguez so far, what he's done, and also kind of having to overcome some bad calls that have happened 
unfortunately for him, uh, more often than we would like here in Seattle, no question about it. Strength of character. I mean, he knows that some of those calls, obviously a lot of those calls went against him. And they were, and this coaching staff showed him that they were off the plate. You know, again, it's a UBU. You know your strike zone. You're going to have to start handling some pitches. Uh, try not to get too far out, you know, out of your comfort zone. But hopefully, you know, guys will realize, you know, the umpires will realize this kid has a very thorough knowledge of the strike zone. And it's the old thing. It's the old, you know, Mr. Mays thought that was a strike he had swung at. And I mean, we're going to, he has to he continue to put the ball and play hard. And we'll go from there. I mean, he's hitting the buck 25. Uh, he's got four hits. He's had some bad luck when he has hit the ball hard. You know, I, the thing I like about him, he's maintained his poise. He's got 16 strikeouts. And you could probably eliminate about seven or eight of them. So, mm-hmm. and the fact that he has just maintained his, if you will, decorum and his attitude, he just plays so hard and joyful. Uh, it, it's hard for me to believe much can get him down. And, and if he can get through this particular stretch, first list, he's played nine games, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Uh, I have kind of a weird question. So I think Mariners fans are treated to some of the best broadcasters in the game. I mean, your calls have been some of my absolute favorite uh, for this team. There's a lot of excitement about Julio as a fan watching, and every time he gets to the plate, even on times that he, you know, looks very much like a rookie you get that kind of excitement do you feel any of that as when you're calling a game if a guy like julio gets up that you think like this might be the at bat when he gets a first you know fill in the blank there's so much firsts for him to get well you know during the uh home opener when they had the uh you know the red card that not quite red carpet treatment and then I told Mike Flowers, I said, I'm telling you right now the loudest ovation is gonna be for Julio. Yeah. Uh he's got the it factor and everybody knows it. Everybody can see it. And do I get a little uh you know a little excited when he comes up? I mean absolutely. I mean the kid the, the kid's electric and uh it, it's fun to watch. And and again we're gonna continue to say it throughout his entire career. But anybody who, you know, goes to work and loves his job that much and, and is not afraid to show it and share it. I mean, you can't say enough about somebody like that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Speaking of electric stuff, Dave, uh, what has been your impression of Matt Brash up to this point? I've been so impressed with him. You know, you know, starting out in his first uh, his start just was so unbelievably, you know, talented. Command of the strike zone was great. Then he gets against the Houston Astros, struggles, but yet has the maturity and composure what have you made of this young guy well you pretty much answered it right there i mean he's got tremendous poise he's got unbelievable talent uh he's putting it to great use and you know if he gets behind it it doesn't you know he he doesn't freak out he didn't flip out the other day when he walked you know had all those walks and everything after the brilliant performance the first time out um he uh he's (laughs) he's got a chance to be good for a long time and he, he clearly has the talent, which the guys recognized, uh, uh, you know, when they got him. And, and it's, it's such a fluke how they got him. Hey, you want the, this kid Brash at the last minute? I thought that was an interesting part of his story uh, at the trade deadline a couple of years ago. But he is—he is everything uh, that we had been told about from the scouts and the front office people. And it's a pleasure to watch. Now he's—he's—he's he's, he's going to be. <laughs> He has been really impressive with it. Ten and two thirds innings. He's got eleven Ks. 
yeah, he's got the seven walks, but you know, I, I you, you can just see that that there were stretches that he had in that first road game that he has a chance to be dominant for a while. Is there any uh, one player on this team? Obviously, you watched a lot of this team behind the scenes, spring training. I mean, obviously, long before the season started. Is there any one player where you think, oh, Mariners fans, just wait until you see what this guy can do? Well, I would, I would think that uh, I think that Winker, based on what he did in, in Cincinnati the last few years, and particularly last year when he made the All-Star team, I mean, a dude can really hit. And he's off to a slow start, which means there's going to be a barrage coming at some point where he's going to, you know, he's going to get up to his normal average. I mean, he's not a buck fifty-two uh, hitter. There's no question. There's no way in the world that's going to last. So I expect uh, that that's going to be, uh, you know, that's going to have an atmospheric jump. And I still think Kelnick is pointed in the right direction. I think that uh, I think that's going to work too. I mean, he's hitting a buck seventy-two. But again, you know, you go back to it's early, uh, and. He's just got to keep grinding. And the thing about baseball, probably more than any other sport, you really got to you got to keep in your own head. I mean, play so many games, and you, you know you can't like fans will you know, rise and fall. It's super emotional. You know these guys have to stay middle or pretty much middle ground. Not get too high, not get too low. So, and, and I think this is uh, this is a good group. They like each other. They 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 really melded well together. I heard Scott talk about that. And it's true. You can see it. Uh, they enjoy being around each other, and and that's that's a, that's a winning atmosphere to say the least. It's a great point. He is Root Sports, Dave Sims. Dave, thanks so much for taking the time. You bet. Good to talk to you guys. Be well. Take care. Thanks, Dave. You too. You're listening to the Dugout on Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Taking a look at this upcoming series next. You're listening to The Dugout every Tuesday at 1 with Jake and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners. You are listening to The Dugout on Seattle Sports Station. Joining us now for a little bit of a preview for this upcoming series against the Rangers, it is Shannon Dreyer, Mariners insider for Seattle Sports on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Shannon, how's it going? So far, so good. Fantastic. Uh, I'm excited to see another outing from Robbie Ray. I, I've asked this question multiple times, and it feels uh, it feels unfair to keep bringing it up, but I feel like we don't quite know what he's going to look like this season because that second outing, I almost just want to like cross it off and be like, don't don't worry about that. Those were weird conditions. And so I'm, uh, I'm curious about the Robbie Ray we're going to get tonight. What are you looking for from him? Well, we saw really good stuff in spring training, and we saw somebody that was strong from the get-go. I know there's been some concerns, though the velocity isn't where it's been in the past, and you're talking about maybe two and a half miles an hour, but you're also talking about two outings where the weather conditions were not favorable. Uh, first outing was cold. Uh, second outing, obviously, just you know, skies open and an absolute deluge that he was pitching in. So he wasn't worried about it after that start, so I'm not worried about it. I think we saw enough good in that spring game. And I, I think what we saw from Robbie Ray in those first two games was A, fighting through a little bit of adversity, and, and B, you know, this is what he can be when he isn't 100% on or the conditions aren't 100% on. He puts a high value on staying out there, not killing the bullpen, and uh, I don't think that there was anybody that you could have put on the hill in the second inning of that game in Chicago that would have done anything any differently or come out any better than he did. So when you say, yeah, we're waiting to see that big Cy Young, Robbie Ray, I think we saw a little bit of that in opening day. I think there's a good chance that you see it 
tonight because we did see it in spring. We did see, you know, the slider working for him and being absolutely nasty. Uh, we did see him, uh, you know, just using the fastball the way that he has been able to uh, in the past. And he looked like he did a year ago. So I'm not concerned about what we saw. I think it's uh, you can chalk it all up to early season baseball. Shannon, how do the uh, how do the Mariners stack up against the Rangers? Uh, you know, for those who uh, are, are just tuning in, for those who you know haven't followed this thing all off season long, where are the Texas Rangers at right now as a ball club? Probably where the Mariners were a couple of years ago. Uh, they haven't been as vocal in their step back, and they've done it in a very different way. In that they added an obscene amount of money's worth of star players uh, very early on in in the going with Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. But there's not a ton around them. There's not a ton of pitching, um, and, and there's not a ton of help in the lineup as well. And then the bullpen is is not particularly strong. So, you know, this is one of those ones where I think that if the Mariners are able to, and I don't think they should be able to, it should be more if the Rangers are able to hang around in this. But, you know, should the Mariners get into the fifth or the sixth inning and they haven't got a comfortable amount of runs, you would hope that they would be able to do so against that Rangers pen. Uh, Seeger and Simeon, obviously the big gets for them. Simeon in particular is off to a slow start. We saw Joe Madden walk Corey Seeger with the bases loaded last week, which uh, is something that you absolutely never see in this game. So you're seeing some fun things like that, but they have got a way to go. And they've got prospects coming. They've got some pitching coming. But they're kind of at that first step of that step back and accelerating it, or so they hope, with the premier players that they added. You're listening to The Dugout on Seattle Sports Station. We're joined by Seattle Sports Insider Shannon Dreyer. As a reminder, our conversation with Mariners Insider Shannon Dreyer, powered by Pacific Lamp and Supply. Shannon, you spoke a ton with Jared Kelnick in the offseason. You had a great feature up on our website, uh, seattlesports.com. i got to make sure to plug that because it was a great article. <laughs> um, and uh, you've, you've had a couple different conversations with him. He's faced some criticism to start the season. But he also had two hits on Sunday. Do you see him as kind of uh, figuring things out as he's gone along this year? You know, we're talking about not even two full weeks right now. So I don't, you know, when we say going along, this, I mean, they're getting into their games right now. And I think that it's even maybe a little bit more of a challenge for the rookies. We've talked quite a bit about what's going on with Julio Rodriguez and the umpires. I think you probably still see a little bit of that with Jared as well, that they're still establishing themselves. And so I, you know, I'm not, again, concerned with anything that I've seen from him. In fact, I'm encouraged by, A, he's kept his head about him when things haven't gone his way. He's hitting the ball hard. That's important. He's staying with his approach, which is a little bit more up the middle, a little bit more the other way. And you don't see him trying to do too much out there. There were times when you could see that he would go up to the plate and you're like, he's going to strike out. He's gripping the bat too too hard. You know, he's putting way too much into this. He has remained very calm throughout this. And I think that he is sticking to the offseason plan that he had coming in. And I think that's one of the most important things for him and for most young players is that you give it time to play out, that you don't just start making wholesale changes or even little changes too quickly. That's when you get into trouble as a hitter. And I don't think he's in that department at all. I think we have seen him again hit the ball hard. You mentioned the two hits. It seems like he's going in the right direction. And it also seems like that his head is still in the right place. She is Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer. Shannon, thanks so much for taking the time. We'll talk to you later. All right, guys. Thanks, Shannon.
All right. I'm very excited for this series. Again, Mariners with an exciting opportunity to build off of a really strong outing to open their home stretch. Uh, that one being against uh, the Astros, obviously taking two of three. That felt pretty good. Now they have a chance to uh, take on the Rangers, who I think have won one of their last six. Don't trust a record, though. It's early in the season. That's been the theme of all of our conversations with the, with the Skip Scott service, uh, with Dave Sims, and with Shannon Dreyer. It is early. So don't jump the gun yet on pretty much anything. I guess what you can look forward to, though, is another outing by uh, top free agent acquisition for the Mariners, Robbie Ray. And you're going to get that today with this series against the Rangers. Can't wait. This has been The Dugout. You can hear it every Tuesday from 1 to 2 p.m. You'll also hear our weekly interviews with Scott Service during that same hour. You're listening to Seattle Sports Station on 710 and seattlesports.com. Don't go anywhere. Wyman and Bob coming your way next.